Welcome to the Fundamental Baptist Podcast. There are many types of Baptists, but being a Baptist once meant that you were a fundamentalist. Over the years, many Baptists have strayed from the fundamentals and thus attacked those who remain true to the faith. This podcast will address the issues surrounding what it means to be a fundamental Baptist. Somebody said, Brother House, fundamentalists are changing, aren't they? No, fundamentalists don't change. Folks quit being fundamentalists. God says when the troubles come, he said, fight. You can't fight. He said, withstand. You can't withstand. He said, stand. What does it mean to stand? He said, don't change. What? Don't change what? Number one, don't change what you believe. Here we will reason concerning the scriptures about the doctrines we hold dear. We believe in souls being saved, lives being changed, and Bible doctrines being strengthened by the Word of God. We believe in the local church, soul winning, missions, and everything taught in the King James Bible. I thank God tonight for this wonderful Bible. You know, I I thank God it's a perfect book, and I, I love the Bible. Doesn't need any addition, no correction, nothing taken from it. Thank God tonight for the Holy Bible. I like it just like it is. We are not ashamed of being fundamental Baptists, and we want to encourage others to remain true to the Bible, their Baptist heritage, and to not change what they have been given. You just stick with the book. You can't beat this book. Why does every generation feel that we've got to change it just a little bit because our daddy did it fast for us, and our granddaddy did it like that, and let's change it just a little bit. You change it, and things that are different are not the same. The same commit thou to faithful men. Thank you for joining us in our discussion of what it means to be a fundamental Baptist. Hello and welcome, David Baker. Welcome to the Fundamental Baptist Podcast. We're glad that you're here. I have an interesting uh, one for today. I hope they all are, but uh, this one uh, you can see by the title, No One Can Go to Heaven. No One Can Go to Heaven. <laughs> Brother Baker, what are you talking about? By the doctrine that many people say they believe, no one can go to heaven. Um, I was reminded as a freshman in Bible college going to uh, hear some guy preach who was supposed to be really good that was a uh, total heresy and uh, long story I don't have time to go into that now. I've done it before but going back to the dorm talking to the guys that were there so many of them didn't hear it. They didn't get it. And uh, all they looked at were the theatrics, the preaching, standing on top of the pulpit, running across the top of the pews. They didn't hear the statements. Just because you have a big church close to here doesn't mean God is blessing you. The closer you get to the cross, people will leave you. Okay, this guy was preaching in Crown Point, Indiana. What is a big church close to here? Who was he talking about? You guys never heard it. The guy made statements, bless God, if you're still smoking, you didn't get what I got. Okay, so if someone got saved today and they, tomorrow they had a cigarette, they're not saved? That's what he was saying, but yet who, who believes that? If, and I've done this before on old things are passed away, but people take that verse and mean, bless God, when you get saved, none of the old things you used to do, you'll ever do again. Really? All right, so if I got saved today and tomorrow I said a curse word, oh, I guess I didn't get it. I got saved today and tomorrow I coveted. Well, I guess I didn't get it. They don't think through. 
it's great for preaching. It's great for bless God and ripping on something, but it's not biblical. It's not sound doctrine. There are all kinds of holes in it. And I'm going to take a very, very uh, important passage. By the way, interesting, just after I taught this in our church and getting ready to do this podcast, um, a preacher messaged me and said, man, how do you explain these verses? And exactly the ones we're going to talk about today. By the way, you've got to hang around to the end. I, ho- I believe you will anyway. Uh, it'll be interesting enough. But you have to hang around to the end where I tell you this story of what happened with this passage at a preacher's conference, okay? It doesn't fit. I want to tell it now, but it doesn't fit uh, until at the end, and then you go, oh, wow. And it is definitely an oh, wow for that. So, all right. Um, if you want to look at this, you can get it out. First Corinthians chapter 6, verse 9. First Corinthians chapter 6, verse 9. Now, I'm going to be somewhat facetious in this. You'll get it. Uh, again, you can take any sermon that I ever do and clip it and find all kinds of uh, fun things to be able to show if you want to. But listen at it for the truth of what it is, and I believe that you'll get something that will help you and hopefully help you to help many. And if we could teach and train our preachers to think and logic and have wisdom in things, then there'll be a whole lot less false doctrine if we can understand Scripture, rightly divide it. And when you see something, think through it. What is it saying? Is it really saying that? That old kids movie, uh, I don't think this means, this word means what you really think it means, okay? Um, and I think the same way. I don't think this passage means what you think it means, or else we have all kinds of problems. If you believe it, like many people say they believe it, then the title is true. No one can go to heaven. All right, here we go. First Corinthians chapter 6, verse number 9. Know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God? Be not deceived, neither fornicators. Here we go. These people, again, I'm being facetious, so I'll explain it at the end, but follow along with me for this. So fornicator, if you've ever fornicated and been involved in fornication, after you got saved, you're not saved. You're not going to heaven. You're not going to heaven, okay? Well, I sinned, but I asked God to forgive me. Sorry, you're a fornicator, and you can't go to heaven. Um, you can't. Well, but, but oh, by the way, fornication, the word porno, forno, is in there. If you ever looked at pornography, you can't go to heaven after you got saved. Now, if you got saved, you know, all that's under the blood. But if you did it after you're saved, you're not saved. You can't go to heaven. How come? Because fornication. Uh, it says, know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God. <clears throat> Be not deceived, neither fornicators. Here we go. Nor idolaters. I don't even have time to go into all that idolatry is. When you look and see what the Bible is, idolatry, what they put above God, okay? Every Christian in the world has at one time put something in front of God. That's idolatry. Thou shalt have no other gods before me, in front of me, okay, before me. Um, that's why I say, if you believe this, the way people say they believe it, no one can go to heaven, okay? No one can go to heaven because everybody has, Christian at one time, put something above God. Well, that's not what it means. All right, keep going. Nor adulterers, nor effeminate. Okay, let me somebody preach. You ever wear pink or yellow, you're effeminate. You can't go to heaven. All right. Oh, man, I got this tie, got some pink in it. Man, I wore it. I guess I'm not saved, <laughs> okay? I guess I'm not saved. I dressed in an effeminate color. Um, by the way, a fun little note on that, if you guys preach that. If you believe it, that's fine. Believe, preach, whatever you want to. But there's a, there's a book Dr. House wrote, and I can't find it, but I remember reading it in there. He said, you guys that are preaching on pink ties. By the way, I was in chapel at House Anderson College. <laughs> Dr. Evans was, pre- was staying against pink uh, shirts and didn't want guys to wear pink shirts. Dr. House didn't mind it. He came in one Wednesday in chapel, 
um, there were three or four thousand people there. And, uh, and he said uh, he gave Dr. Evans a pink shirt, a pink tie, and pink socks. And the next Wednesday, Dr. Evans was wearing those in chapel. And it was Dr. Howell's way of saying, that's not an issue. Don't make an issue out of that. Some guys do, and that's fine. You're, you're, you're church. You can do that. But, um, but I was reading where Dr. Howell said, he said, when we were young preachers, we preached against white shirts. We called it lingerie. He said everybody wore color shirts back then. Dr. Rice had more pink shirts. He wore pink shirts all the time. And so anyway... I don't make an issue of that because the Bible doesn't make an issue of that. If you want to, you can. Um, my son had a pink tie at a youth conference, and the preachers are preaching against pink uh, shirts and pink ties. And so my boys have a little bit of me inside of them for some reason. And so he went up to the guest preacher and took his tie off and said, hey, could you sign my tie? And he got literally the three conference preachers to sign his pink tie and uh, just to have some fun with it. So anyway, sorry, rabbit trail. Uh, we get back. <clears throat> but it's interesting. Nor feminine, nor abusers of themselves with mankind. All right, there you are. These people are not going to go to heaven. Fornicators, idolaters, adulterers, effeminate, abusers of self with mankind. Yep, you're right. They shouldn't go to heaven. Okay. Nor thieves. We're still in the same passage. Nor thieves. A thief is someone who takes property from another wrongfully, either secretly or by violence. Have you ever taken something that wasn't yours after you're saved? I have never. Okay, let me ask you. <laughs> have you ever taken not uh, money from the government that uh, by law should be theirs? Did you ever work a side job and you didn't report it on your taxes? Then you stole from the federal government. Federal government doesn't like that. They don't like competition, okay? Uh, they're thieves. They don't want us to be thieves. I love a little joke. The, the boy uh, comes to dad's dad, I know what I'm going to be uh, when I grow up. All right, son, what do you want to be? I said, I'm going to be a thief. And the dad says, really? Uh, private, private, uh, private or government? <laughs> Are you going to be a thief for the government? Hey, have you ever not reported something on your taxes, some money that you made? You're a thief. You, you stole, according to the definition of thief, you stole from the federal government. That's what you did. Um, and, uh, well, I, 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 I don't believe that. Okay, have you ever not tied? Well, a man robbed God. That's different than a thief. That's robbery taken from someone's person. Uh, God said we rob him when we don't give tithes and offerings. Have you ever not given your tithe? Ever. Well, I, I made it up. No, then you're a thief for a week or a month until you made it up. Thieves are not going to enter into the kingdom of God. No one's going to heaven. No one's going to heaven. Well, I, I haven't done that. Okay, here we go. Covetous. Nor covetous. Have you ever coveted anything? By the way, is coveting bad? Depends what you're coveting. First uh, Corinthians 12, covet earnestly the best gifts. Talk about spiritual gifts. Covet earnestly the best gifts. Coveting is just a desire, okay? To desire, wish for, with eagerness. Um, coveting something wrong. Here's Exodus 20, verse 17. Thou shalt not covet thy neighbor's house. Wow, that's a nice house. I'd love to have that. Oh, you're not going to heaven. You're not going to heaven. You coveted your neighbor's house. Well, I, I, well, yeah, keep going. Explain it away. Coveting. Nor covetous. It said, nor covetous. They're not going to inherit the kingdom of God. So if it means, you know what I'm getting at. If it means going to heaven, you're not going to heaven. You're covetous. You coveted your neighbor's house. Thou shalt not covet thy neighbor's wife. Uh, Jesus said, if you look upon a woman to lust after, you committed adultery with her already in your heart. Have you done that? Hello. Well, uh, um, um, again, if you believe this is talking about people that aren't going to go to heaven, then no one's going to heaven. Um, nor is manservant, nor is maidservant, nor is ox. Okay, today a car. Wow, look at that Lambo. 
Wow, look at that Ferrari. Man, I'd love to have that. Wow, look at that Mustang. Wow, look at that Tesla. Wow, look at that Ford Pinto. No one ever said. <laughs> okay. But uh, um, you ever coveted somebody else's car? Well, just a little bit in my heart. Okay. Then you're not going to heaven. Well, well, do you believe that? By the way, these preachers preach this all the time. They hear it all the time. First Corinthians 6, Ephesians 5, we'll get to there too. These people aren't going to heaven. And they talk about the first few fornicators, adulterers, but what about the covetous? Sir, you're covetous. Man, I like that tie. Man, I like that suit. Man, I like those wingtips. Man, I like those Stacey Adams. Wow, I'd love to have a pair of shoes that, like that. Oh, oh, covetous. Covetous. There you go. Not going to heaven. Man, look at that. Man, my neighbor got a new zero term. Man, that's a nice lawnmower. Man, I'd like to have that lawnmower. Covetous. You're not going to heaven. Hmm. Well, I, I didn't steal it. No, that's a thief. You coveted. And according to that, if you believe that uh, passage is talking about going to heaven, then you're not going to heaven. What about David? David had coveted the mighty man of valor. His neighbor's wife took her. Hmm? What about that? Lot coveted the best land. Oh, they're not going to heaven. Wait, wait. David, David is in Hebrews eleven thirty-two as one of the heroes of the faith, but he coveted and committed adultery, and lusted and fornication, and murder. But we know he's in heaven, but he did all those things. Exactly. Are you thinking with me now? Maybe that's not talking about how to go to heaven. Okay, we'll get to that, all right? Um, nor drunkards. Here we go. Nor drunkards. You ever got drunk after you got saved? Well, no, I, I didn't get drunk. I just, you know, had, had a few drinks. Go back and listen to the drunk lesson, okay? According to the Northwest University Medical Center, they have a list of all the types of intoxication. By the way, drunk, our word medical term is intoxication, okay? Subliminal intoxication, less than one drink, okay? Not a full beer, not a full glass of wine, not a full shot. That's called one drink. Less than one drink, subliminally intoxicated or subliminally drunk, it starts to affect your body all already. So all those uh, Christians are having a glass of wine with dinner. They're not going to heaven. They're not going to heaven. They're subliminally drunk. No drunkards will go to heaven. Well, I don't think that's what it means. Okay. What about Noah? Noah got drunk. Can't deny that one. Passed out drunk. Didn't know what was going on. Oh, Noah's not going to go to heaven. Oh, but wait. Hebrews eleven seven says, by faith, Noah. Noah's in the hero's hall of faith. In Hebrews 11. So the Bible says no one's in heaven, but no one can be in heaven because he got drunk. Well, it, it says drunkards. Um, that, that's different. Really? How many times do you have to lie to be a liar? Once. How many times do you have to steal to be a thief? Once. How many times do you have to kill to be a murderer? Once. How many times do you have to get drunk to be a drunkard? Once. Okay? <laughs> You're not getting out of this. You're not going to heaven. Okay? Just face it. All right? You can't go to heaven. You got drunk. Well, Pastor, maybe that's not what it's talking about. Duh. <laughs> yeah. Are you getting it now? Are you getting it? Oh, if you haven't got it yet, how about this one? Revilers. Nor revilers. What is that? Reviler is one who treats another with contemptuous language. Contemptuous meaning manifest expressing contempt, disdain, or scornful. Critic. Hey, have you used language that's critical of somebody? <laughs> hey, have you? Maybe like the... Uh, <laughs> The guy giving the podcast out. Um, guess what? You're not going to heaven. You're a reviler. You're not going to heaven. Well, well, that that was not as big a deal as uh, adulterer is. Same list, buddy. 
It's amazing how we, hey, this one's a bad sin and this one's not. Same list. Same list. Covetous, drunkards, revilers. Revilers. Contemptuous language towards someone. Towards someone. Have you done that? Yeah. So title. No one's going to heaven. If you believe this, we're talking about the people that are not going to heaven, then you're you're not going and no one's going. Nor extortioners. What's that? The act um, or practice of wrestling anything from a person by force, duress, menaces, authority, or by undue exercise of power. By the way, none of my boys, older boys, are going to heaven. How come? Uh, Hey, uh, little brother, I'll trade you this Lego set for this Lego set or this car for this car. And guess what they use? Undue exercise of power of the older brother. None of my older boys are going to be in heaven. Um, So there it is. There it is. You're not going to heaven. Uh, You say, well, I I made it through that list pretty well. I don't don't think I was any of those. Okay. Uh, Galatians 5, 19. If you still think you're going to heaven, Galatians 5, 19. Now the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these. And then it says at the end, um, um, that they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Okay? And what are they? Um, adultery, fornication, and cleavage, still civil. says, yep, I'm good. Idolatry, yep, witchcraft. You ever watched it on TV? You ever watched a movie? You ever been involved in it at all? You ever played uh, Dungeons and Dragons? Ever played um, um, with a Ouija board? How about this? Hatred. Uh, is that in that list? Hatred. Hatred. You ever hate anybody? Well, I don't think it was. Uh, yes, you have. You have. Hatred. Variance. Emulations. I'm going to go through all these. Wrath. Wrath. Strife. You ever had strife with somebody? With your wife? With your kids? With someone at church? With your boss? With your landlord? With some idiot at a, at a store? Strife? Please understand, all these things are listed to show us we're all sinners. And none of us are worthy of heaven. That's why it takes Jesus to save us. Okay? And I'll get to exactly what this means in a little bit. But no one, excuse me, no human being in the flesh is getting through this list. No one. Wrath, hatred, strife, seditions. Okay? Seditions, heresies. Fundamental errors in religion, okay? You're not getting through it. <laughs> You're not getting through it. Anyone who, who is into heresy, Calvinist, baptizing, or anyone baptizing babies, heresies, okay? They're not going to heaven. Envyings, envyings, covetous, desire, murderings, drunkenness again, revelings and such like, of the which I've, I tell you before and I've told you in time past that they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. There you go. No one's going to heaven. No one's going to heaven, okay? So, again, we know this isn't as I portrayed it to be, or no one would be saved. Once you're saved, you're sealed unto the day of redemption. You are born again. You can't be unborn. You're going to be in heaven. We know that. Bible teaches that. So what is this, okay? Let me give you three, what it could be. The first two, I don't really think so, but I wouldn't fight you and argue with you on that. One is, maybe it's in the word inheritance, Okay? Salvation is a gift of eternal life. And a gift is something you can't take back. The gift of calling on God without repentance. God doesn't change his mind and take that gift away. Okay? So um, this inheritance may be different. Shall not inherit the kingdom of God. 
Inheritance may be the blessings, it may be the rewards, it may be the crowns, it may be the things that we get from that. Um, it may be in that word inheritance, okay? Um, my dad has four children, uh, three boys and a girl, and uh, and if I told her build and hated my dad and uh, nothing to do with them, and he may take me out of the inheritance. I'm still his son, that can't change. I was born into his family, but I may lose the inheritance of blessings that come after that, okay? I don't think that's it because the Bible says, shall not inherit the kingdom of God. It doesn't say just have an inheritance, okay? Shall not inherit the kingdom of God. I don't think that's it, but if someone does, I wouldn't fight them on that. Number two, kingdom of God. Could it be there's a difference in the kingdom of God versus the kingdom of heaven? Okay. By the way, I looked up every verse in the Bible said the kingdom of God, and every verse of the Bible said the kingdom of heaven. I can make an argument the kingdom of God is different. There's sometimes it talks about the kingdom of God where you can see it is on the earth, but then the only time it says kingdom of heaven is in Matthew. The only time. Every other time it says kingdom of God, and there are parallel passages. You understand the Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John parallel passages, and sometime in that parallel passage it says kingdom of heavens, and the next place in Luke it says kingdom of God. And so so I, I don't know that I could argue that, okay? Uh, but I'm okay if you believe, okay, we're not going to hear the kingdom of God, which is the blessings, it's the victorious Christian life on the earth, it's the promised land on the earth, and I'm okay with that. But I think it goes back to, here's my understanding and where I get this, uh, is what is it talking about? We know it's not talking about people that aren't going to be in heaven because if it was, how many people would be in heaven? How many? Zero, okay? Zero would be in heaven, okay? So I don't think it's talking about that. So what is it? It's all in that first verse. So many times we read, we interpret or define in our mind what we think it is without really looking at it. First Corinthians chapter 6, verse 9, Know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Who are the unrighteous? Are you righteous? Well, not personally. Are you righteous? Well, yeah, I'm, I'm saved. And so the Lord gave me his righteousness. Okay, so you can't go to hell. You're not even a part of this list. You can't be a part of this list because you're not the unrighteous. You're the righteous. Well, I, I still do some of these. Yes, in the flesh we do. And I'll show you that biblically, okay? But we are not a part of the unrighteous. We are righteous, well, not in myself exactly. Even our righteousness is as filthy rags. The good things that we do are still tainted with selfishness, okay? So in and of ourselves, we are not righteous, but we have been given an imputed righteousness by God. Romans 4. For if Abraham, verse 2, were justified by works, he hath wearied the glory, but not before God. For what saith the Scripture? Abraham believed God, and it was counted unto him for righteousness, okay? How did Abraham get righteousness? By believing. By believing. Now, to him that worketh it is a reward, not reckoning of grace, but of debt. But to him that worketh not, but believeth on him that justifieth the ungodly, his faith is counted for righteousness. Again, how do we get righteous? By believing on the Lord Jesus Christ. Now we're justifying, God has justified the ungodly, and our faith is counted for righteous. So I'm righteous, okay? Not in myself, I'm a sinner, okay? But because I'm saved, I have been imputed or given the righteousness of God, the righteousness of Christ on me. Verse 6, even as David also described with the blessedness of the man and whom God imputeth righteousness without works. Imputed righteousness without works. Here's a guy who never did any works at all, but his faith is counted for righteousness. Okay, verse 7. Saying, blessed are they whose iniquities are forgiven and whose sins are covered. Blessed is the man to whom the Lord will not, here it is, impute sin. Please understand. 
I was born a sinner. Then I chose to sin, and all my sins are written on a record. But I trust Jesus Christ as my Savior. He forgives my sin and covers them with his blood and refuses to write sin on my record anymore. How come? Because I'm covered. I'm covered with his blood. You can't write sin on top of the blood of Christ. That's my record, okay? I am righteous because I have imputed righteous given to me by God. I am righteous. It says the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God. I'm not that. And if you're saved, you're not that. We are not a part of the unrighteous. We're part of the righteous because we've been given imputed righteousness by Christ. So that whole list doesn't matter. It's not us. Well, does that mean a Christian you can go and do that? Christians will do that. And if they do, they will suffer the sowing and reaping and penalty of the earth. Okay? They will suffer that. David did those things wrong, and he's still in heaven. But, boy, look at his life. He had a whole lot of sowing and reaping on this earth because of what he sowed. Real simple. He got that. Okay? And so we're going to have that. Yes, if you live a life doing those things, you will have trouble in the flesh on this earth. But you're still saved. You're sealed under the day of redemption. You can't lose the gift of eternal life. You're born into God's family. You've been adopted into God's family, and you're betrothed to be married into his family. We're in. Okay? We're in. So very simply, what that saying is, the unrighteous should not inherit the kingdom of God, but I'm righteous. How can you say that? Because Jesus imputed his righteousness to me. I'm not righteous in and of myself. If you don't believe that, look at Paul. I believe Paul was the best Christian on the face of the earth outside of Jesus. I don't think anybody has ever lived and done as much for God and went through as much for God um, as Paul did. I believe he was the best Christian on the face of the earth. But listen to how Paul described himself. Okay, Romans 7, right? This is not, he just got saved last week. This is now, Romans 7. For we know that the law is spiritual, but I am carnal, sold under sin. For that which I do, I allow not. He said, the things that I do, the sins I do, I don't even allow myself to do it, but yet I'm doing it. For what I would, that do I not. But what I hate, that do I. The things I hate, I find myself doing that. Here's Paul battling with sin, battling with the flesh. Which is what Galatians 5 says, the works of the flesh manifest, which are these. It's the works of the flesh. And in our flesh dwelleth no good thing. And as long as we are in the flesh, we will still commit covetous. Oh, look at that car. I'd love to have that car. Oh, look at that house. That's, boy, that's a beautiful, I'd love, I'd love to live in that house. Well, that's not covetous. It is. You're coveting a neighbor's house. You're coveting his ox, his car. Uh, we are. We try to justify ourselves. Like, well, that's not me. I, I don't think I've done that. Yes, you have. Okay, and that's not what it's saying. It's saying the righteous are not going to have that. The unrighteous are not going to inherit the kingdom of God, the ones that have never trusted Christ as their Savior. So here's Paul. He said, now, then, it is no more I that do it, but sin that dwelleth in me. Now, here's the difference. The separation, we'll show this again in John, the separation difference between me and my flesh. We are body, soul, and spirit. Okay, body, flesh, soul, mind, will, and emotions, who we are, spirit, that which communicates with God, okay, that's born again when we're saved. So much false doctrine about things could be understood if we understood body, soul, and spirit. Calvinism, we did the lesson, it's lesson number one, not the, we did a general one, how we disagree with all five points of Calvinism, but we explain Calvinism in a way I've never heard it. When you understand body, soul, and spirit in the Garden of Eden, it makes sense. Where did Jesus go when he died? People fight, debate about that. When you understand body, soul, and spirit, body, where'd he go? The tomb. Soul, sorry, spirit, where did he go? Heaven. 
Today thou shalt be with me in paradise. And uh, Father, unto thee I commit my spirit. Spirit went to heaven, paradise. Um, where does soul go? Thou will not leave my soul in hell. Uh, Psalm 16 and uh, Acts chapter 2. I've done a podcast on this. We get it messed up when we don't understand body, soul, and spirit. Same thing on this passage here. We're saying, me, okay, if you do this, you can't go to heaven. No, that's my flesh. That's my sin nature. That's not me. That's not my spirit. My spirit is not doing that. My spirit is righteous, but my flesh is still flesh. And Paul is saying that. Paul said, now then it is no more I that do it. He just said he did it, but it's not him that's doing it, but sin that dwelleth in me. For that for I know that in me, that is in my flesh, dwelleth no good thing. For the will is present with me, but how to perform that which is good, I find not. For the good that I would, I do not, but the evil which I would not, that do I. What is Paul saying? He's a sinner. And the list of some of these things we just went through, Paul's doing them. He's not doing them. It's sin in him. It's his flesh that's doing them, not him. And there's a difference, body, soul, and spirit. Um, and he said, um, now, if I do that I would not, it is no more I that do it, but sin that dwelleth in me. I find in a law that when I would do good, evil is present with me. For I delight in the law of God after the inward man, but I see another law in my members, warring against the law in my mind, bringing me into captivity to the law of sin, which is in my members. Oh, wretched man that I am. Who shall deliver me from the body of this death? I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then with my mind, I serve the law of God, but with my flesh, the law of sin. You see what he's saying? He is not sinning, his flesh is. And he differentiates those between themselves. Paul did. Wow. If you understand that difference of body, soul, and spirit, this scripture makes sense. If not, no one's going to heaven. You are not. The biggest pharisaical preacher who's preaching against people, uh, he's not going to heaven because he's committing these two. Okay? He's committing these two. Um, and just to show you how that is, go back to 1 Corinthians 6, verse 11. As such were some of you, but ye are washed, ye are sanctified, you're justified, just as if you're never sinned in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of our God. He's saying the same thing. Yeah, you used to be this too. Does it mean that now that they're saved, they never ever coveted or never reviled or never had strife? No, it just means you used to be that way, but now you're not. You're washed in the blood of Christ. You're sanctified, you're justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the spirit of our God. Then verse 12, listen to how Paul said it. All things are lawful unto me. What is he talking about, all things? The list that he just gave. This is verse 12 of 1 Corinthians chapter 6. All things, what does that mean? All things. He could do any one of these things. The flesh can, but all things are not expedient. It's not gonna be good for me. Yeah, I could commit fornication. I'm still saved. I'm still born again. I'm still on my way to heaven. It's not expedient. It's not gonna be good for me. All things are lawful for me, but I will not be brought under the power of any. By the way, who is this passage written to? The church of what? Corinth, the sinful, carnal church of Corinth. Even when the man had fornication that he took his father's wife, never said he lost his salvation. He was going to be taken away from you. God was going to judge. It was going to be destruction of the flesh. But he was still saved. And he was in fornication. Well, the Bible says fornicators shall not inherit. Exactly. It wasn't him that was doing it. It was his flesh. Because in his spirit, in his soul, in his mind, he serves, the, how did Paul say, the law of God, but with the flesh, 
the law of sin. Okay, let me uh, go just back it up another place. First uh, John 3, 9. Whosoever is born of God doth not commit sin. For his seed remaineth in him, and he cannot sin because he is born of God. People try to take this and say, well, if you're still sinning, you didn't get saved. That's not at all what it's talking about. Difference in a body, soul, and spirit, okay? It says you're born of God. Your seed remaineth in him. He cannot sin. We have the seed of God inside of us. In our spirit, we are not going to sin. Whosoever is born of God doth not sin. Well, then that means, you know, you're not going to sin. No, your flesh is still going to sin. Hello. Um, the Bible says um, if we um, say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves. Okay? For Sean. Um, so someone says, well, I don't have any sin. Then you deceive yourself. Um, the thought of foolishness is sin, the Bible says. How many foolish thoughts do you have? Well, that's not really big sin. <laughs> really? How are you going to justify that? Do you ever have any foolish thoughts? Well, yeah, that's sin. That's sin. I was a Jerusalem born of God, doth not sin. So that, you're not saved. You're not going to heaven. Well, I don't think it means that. Exactly. It doesn't. It means you're born again. Your spirit's not going to sin. But your flesh is still your flesh. And until we get a glorified body, our flesh will still sin. Our righteousness is still as filthy rags. Even if you could not sin at all, your righteousness is still done for a temporal, fleshly reason, which is sin, <laughs> okay? Even our righteousness is as filthy rags. Um, Paul, the best Christian, 1 Timothy 1.15, this is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptation that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I am chief. This is 1 Timothy. He didn't just get saved. This is toward the end, okay? Not 2 Timothy, but he's in there, okay? Um, 1 Timothy, he said, I am chief of sinners. Paul said he was chief of sinners. Is he lying? Couldn't be scripture. Paul said he was chief of sinners. Paul still struggled with things of the flesh. But he was saved and he was righteous. And so that's why it says in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, very simply, know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Only the righteous are going to inherit the kingdom of God. And guess what I am? I am righteous because I've been imputed. I've been given the righteousness of Christ. Okay? Disagree with me. Ar argue with me. I explain that how, no, no, no. That's a list of all the people that are not going to be in heaven. Then I'm going to say it again. Then no one's going to be in heaven. No one. Because everyone would fall under there. Strife? Show me a marriage ever. <laughs> ever? It didn't have strife. Show me somebody who never hated, that person that cut them off, can't drive, okay? Show me, show me. We're in the flesh. Like, wow, Pastor Rigger, you're a bad sinner. A agreed, admitted, yes, I have not arrived. I'm like Paul, chief of sinners, okay? Yes, we still struggle in the flesh. I've not had a drop of alcohol in 35 years. I haven't touched a woman besides my wife in 35 years. I haven't um, said a curse word in 35 years, okay? I go to church Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, read the Bible, I pray, I don't drink, I don't smoke, I don't cuss. I'm trying to live for God and win souls and help people. But guess what? <laughs> the thought of foolishness? I got a lot of foolish thoughts, okay? You know, when you see that, um, that truck unloader that has a ramp on it, you got your car coming up behind, I got a foolish thought, boy, that'd be fun to play Dukes of Hazard on that. Woo! Just flying in that. That's a foolish thought. Do I have that? Yes. Okay. The thoughts of foolishness are sin, the Bible says. Whoso knoweth to do good and doeth it not to him it is sin. How many things do we know we should do good that we don't do? The Bible says that's sin. Hmm. 
Hello. Hello. And you still say you don't sin? Um, uh, what's the difference not of faith? Is sin? Do you do anything not of faith? God said that's sin. Why don't you just admit we're all sinners? You and me and every preacher that preaches this, we're all sinners. Our flesh will still sin. But if you've trusted Jesus Christ as your Savior, then you've been imputed righteousness. And who's so born of God doth not sin. I don't sin. My flesh does, but I don't. Well, Pastor Baker, uh, you're, you're uh, no, that's exactly what Paul said. Read Romans chapter 7 again. Read it by yourself. It's exactly what he's saying. It's no more I that do it, but sin that dwelleth in me. Oh, wretched man that I am. Paul is waiting for the day when he gets rid of his fleshly uh, self that is going to sin. Uh, one day we're going to have a glorified body and we won't sin. What a glorious, wonderful, amazing, incredible day that will be. But until then, we have to battle with the flesh. We have to die to self. We have to uh, buffet our body. We have to keep ourselves into, into subjection. We have to yield to the Spirit of God. We've got to meditate on things that are right. We have to avoid putting into our ears and our mind um, things of the world and the flesh that will make us go that way. We have that battle to fight, okay, to yield to the Holy Spirit of God so we're not going to yield to the flesh and commit the sins of the flesh. And that is a daily battle for every one of us until we get a glorified body, okay? But that scripture is not saying these list of people are not going to go to heaven. If so, then no one's going to go to heaven. Let me end with these um, Bible stories. I already explained David, okay? David, no way he could be in heaven. Man, covetous, fornication, adulterer, murder. But yet God said he's in heaven. What do you do with that? He violated more things on that list than most people we know. Noah got drunk. But Hebrews 11 said Noah's in heaven. So what do we do with that? Okay, what do we do with that? Um, I, I would love for you to explain that to me, how that is, and Lot. I can't find one good thing Lot ever did. First time he got a chance, he chose the well-watered plains of Jordan. He ought to said, Abraham, look, you take that. That's the best. You've been so good just to take me along. God's blessing you, and I'm just getting the blessing by being with you. No, no, he chose the selfish well-watered plains of Jordan. Next thing you find him, he's in the leaders of the city, sitting at the gate. He is in the city of Sodom and with the leaders of them. Then he's trying to give away his virgin daughters. Um, um, whoa, then you find he got drunk and committed incest with his two daughters. Man, there's no way a guy like that could ever be in heaven. Look at all those things he violated. Um, wait, Second Peter 2, 7, and delivered just Lot, vexed with the filthy conversation of the wicked, for that righteous man dwelleth among the righteous. It's talking about Lot as being righteous. Please explain to me one thing that Lot did that was righteous. For that righteous man dwelling among them and seeing and hearing vexed his righteous soul from day to day with their unlawful deeds. Do you get that? His righteous what? Body? Nope. Sinner. Righteous flesh? Nope. Sinner. Righteous what? Soul. Soul. How come? How did he get righteousness? Ooh, by believing on Messiah. Abraham believed and it was imputed in for righteousness. Lot believed and it was imputed unto him for righteousness. Lot is in heaven today without us having one good thing ever that he did. How come? Because in his flesh well, it's no good thing but he had trusted Messiah as his Savior and he's in heaven. Argue with it. Argue with it. Well, I just, you can believe whatever you want to believe, but you can't biblically justify it. What about Noah? What about David? What about Lot? What about Paul? <laughs> what about all the things he said he was? Um, what about that? 
All right, I told you, wait till the end. Here's the story. Are you ready? Okay, I don't really like telling the story. <laughs> it was pretty bad. Um, but years ago, 20 plus years ago, they had in our area a North Alabama, South Tennessee, Independent Fundamental Baptist um, um, preachers group, okay, fellowship. And so I would go, and um, and a lot, some of the guys would bring their wives all the time. We had a lot of kids, and so I never brought my wife, except this one time. And it was at a church in Alabama, a bigger church, and a new pastor just took over uh, the church, and it was at his church. And so um, my wife came with me. And so we we're enjoying that, and this guy got up to preach, and he was the BMOC. He was a big man on campus. He was the guy, I don't want to say too much about him. I think in many ways he's a good guy. He's just off on this doctrine. Um, but he was the big man on campus, had the big church, had the ministries, had the well-known things, and he preached this passage here. He preached this passage here and showed how none of these people are going to go to heaven. I'm sitting there with my wife, furious. I got the old Bible out when I preached a sermon at our church. I got the old Bible out and showed him. I'm outlining in my Bible my sermon exactly the opposite of what he's preaching. <laughs> what about David? What about Lot? What about Noah? <laughs> and I'm writing all these things out to the side of my Bible. I'm just sitting there just furious because he's not rightly dividing the word of truth. He's saying, bless God, if you're still doing these things, you didn't get saved. You didn't get what I got. Really? Strife? Sedition? Covetous? Really? You've been how many years and you've never coveted anything? Wow. Let me fall at my knees, fall at your feet. Wow. And I'm just furious sitting there, ooh, just outlining this sermon in the text with Bible verses and people in the Bible. And they had a break and then they had a vote and they had a new president and secretary and all that stuff voted in. I wasn't into that. I was just there. So uh, they had a break and and then they're going to have next preachers. Well, many times in these fellowships, they'll call a preacher from the, uh, from the crowd to come preach. So the new moderator, the host of the church where we were at, uh, and, and almost everybody here would know his name, he came up to me and he said, uh, hey, Brother Baker, I want you to preach next. I said, no, you don't. He goes, no, no, I want you to preach next. I said, no, you don't. He goes, no, no, I'm going to call you from the uh, platform. I want you to come up and preach. I said, brother, I said, with what that guy just preached, I could put any title on any sermon, and I'm going to end up at 1 Corinthians chapter 6. It's in my mind. I can not speak the things that I've seen and heard. I would stand up and preach exactly the opposite of what that, of what that guy just preached. He said, I know. That's why I'm asking you to preach. I'm like, no, seriously, no. He said, Brother Baker, I know you're strong enough and believe right to preach that, and we need that. This fellowship is dead. The churches are dying. We need new blood. We need it to be stirred up. I need that preached. And uh, I don't know why he thought I had the strength and ability to do that, but he said, Brother Baker, I know you're strong enough. I need you to preach. And yes, preach that sermon. I'm like, no, please, please. I'm begging him now as a friend. Please don't do that. Please don't make me do that. Please don't ask me to do that. He said, Brother Baker, we need that. God's called you. You're here. This is it. And uh, he said, I believe that that's what you would do because what he just preached was heresy. And we need someone who can do that. And I'm calling on you to do that. I'm just shaking my head going, oh, Lord, what in the world have I got myself into? Now, if you don't believe this story, there are preachers that are around <laughs> they can tell you. Uh, if you want to, you can email me or call me. I'll give you the pastor's name that was uh, that called me up. I don't want to list it here. But anyway, uh, my wife can vouch for it. She cringed <laughs> sat through the whole thing. So, Brother Baker, why don't you come on and preach to us? Uh, I'm just shaking my head the whole way up. Take your Bible. Turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 6. The same place 10 minutes earlier the guy just preached from. And I preach from the same passage. 
what you just heard, except I had Bible illustrations where he didn't. He's just preaching. These people can't go to heaven. What about David? What about Noah? What about Paul? What about Lot? What about all this? And um, Brother Baker, how'd it go? <laughs> if you can imagine, it didn't go well. Okay, um, It was at least 20 years ago, maybe 25 years ago, and I was uh, definitely the young preacher there and uh and this guy was a big man on campus um i mean he's big i mean his sermons are in the sort of lord okay i mean he's he's well known and so um and so he stood up and walked out other people were uh, catcalling uh calling me down other people walked out they were yelling at me while i was preaching i preached and finished my sermon and sat down <laughs> and uh and um, for some reason, I never got invited back to that fellowship. They got rid of that um, moderator, and then uh, I was somehow left off the mainland. That's fine. I'm busy. I got things to do anyway. So, um, so yes, that's the story Okay, <laughs> from that. And uh, looking back, my kids love that story. I don't love that story. I was there. It was not fun. It was not fun preaching to 30 preachers all older than me against, I don't know, you know, the three people there agreed with me. But the problem is we don't think. We don't take that scripture and go, huh, David was that. Or maybe it's not talking, whoa, Paul was that. What? Noah was that. Lot was that. Maybe it's not talking about that. There's no contradiction in the Bible. If there seems to be a contradiction, then we need to study it out so we can understand it and not get messed up. All right, there you go. Hey, God bless. Have fun with this one. <laughs> Noah can go to heaven. I hope that you look and you're nodding going, wow, that makes sense. That's logical. That's biblical. When you're born of God, you don't sin. Your spirit doesn't sin. Flesh, flesh does what the flesh does. And by the way, we don't give it rain. We don't let, let it go. That's why we buffet our body. That's why we keep ourselves under subjection. That's why we walk with God. That's why we yield to the spirit. That way we can have victory over the works of the flesh. But as long as we have a flesh, we will still battle with that. Okay? All right. If you got a question, something different, let me know. You can email me. I uh, would love to uh, answer questions if you do. Hey, God bless. And thanks for taking the time to listen. Thank you for listening to the Fundamental Baptist Podcast. If you have any questions, you can email us at thefundamentalbaptistpodcast at gmail.com.